mai, haere mai ki tēnei hōtaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Karen Hay with you this week for Wallace Chapman. On the programme today, we're asking should there be laws against New Zealanders fighting with foreign troops, talking about the 230 jobs that could be on the chopping block at AUT, digesting something light and creamy, the winners and losers in the ice cream awards, and men in denim. We're investigating whether the Lotteries Commission is exploiting the poor by setting up shop in low decile areas, and we're having a post-match huddle on the AB's trouncing Argentina. And with us on the panel today, on Zoom, Zoe George, a senior sports journalist at Staff. Kia ora, welcome Zoe. Kia ora, yes, we get to talk about ice cream, denim, rugby, a few of my favourite things. Looking forward to the show. Same. And in the Auckland studio, senior writer at the New Zealand Herald, Simon Wilson. Kia ora, Simon. And here is Zoe too, and I do think it is men in denim we're going to be talking about. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, that's, that's fine know. by me as well. No, let's make it a short conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see someone in person. Good to see you in person, Yeah, Simon. it's lovely to be here. How's the weather out there? It's not raining at this precise, well, I can't say this precise moment. I'm inside now, but... A minute ago, it wasn't raining. Very good. To, very good. That's Auckland for you. And in Dunedin, I believe it's snowing. So if you're in Dunedin at the moment, give us a text, 2101, what's the weather like where you are? And text me also about Lotto. Do you think Lotto's as bad as the pokies or the casino when it comes to gambling? Do you see it the same way? The text is 2101. It's 13 minutes to four, and we're starting off with ice cream, and much more ice cream because they've managed to scoop three trophies at the New Zealand Ice Cream and Gelato Awards. That includes winning the best in ice cream category two years in a row. In an ice cream category, I guess that is, two years in a row. Owner and head of ice and ice cream maker, Marcus Moore, is with us on the line. Kia ora, welcome, Marcus. Hi, Karen. Hi, everyone. Hi there. Tell me, the what category did you win in? Uh, we won um, Best New to Market with our chocolate cookies and fudge. Uh, we won Best Export Ice Cream with our cookies and cream. And... Best standard vanilla with our Wonders Vanilla Ice Cream. You absolutely creamed it. We did indeed. Very happy. Right. So what's your history with ice cream, Marcus? Your family was involved in frozen foods? Yeah, that's right. Uh, My family had a frozen food distribution business uh, way back in the 70s, and um, they had a brand of frozen vegetables, and they decided making ice cream in the early 90s. Uh, and I, start, I decided to join them in the mid-90s. I was about 25 years old, uh, and I never left. I ended up um, buying the rest of the um, family out, and I'm still here. So should we talk cones versus tubs or containers? What's the best cone definitely, to hold a scoop in? Is it a waffle? Definitely or? a tub. No, definitely a tub and spoon is <laughs> the best way to eat your ice cream for sure. Sacrilege, sacrilege. <laughs> no, I agree. Tubs all the way. <laughs> No, no waffle or classic cone. No, but big fan of a tub. I think what there's a secret there. You want to let the ice cream warm up as much as you can without it melting, and more that, sacrilege. That the flavour profile really well. What do you think when you see a big tub of ice cream, Simon? Um, I think put it all in cones and then eat it. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Zoe? What was your favourite flavour? Well, as a child, I was going to say, but right now. 
Yeah, I, I love ice cream, and mm. in Wellington we're super blessed to have Duck Island ice cream uh, on Cuba Street, so I'm a regular there. And I think I'm showing my age, but I'm totally digging a bit of rum and raisin at the moment. Um, yeah, love ice cream, and, and right. it's so right. Yeah. You've got to have it in a bowl, and as a kid you'd like mix it around and warm it up, and oh yeah, it's so good, so it's good. Is rum and raisin raisin an age thing that that, that sort of labels me too? <laughs> I, I think one of the fabulous <laughs> things about this, we have a lot of food awards in this country now. And that's really terrific. And it helps us get past the idea that the proper flavor for the food you're talking about is the one you had as a small child. So Tip Top makes some great ice creams, but they don't make the only flavor worthwhile. Wattie's doesn't make the only tomato sauce worthwhile. And it's awards like this that help us go, gosh, you know, we can, we can do more. We can, we can dream bigger. The people making it can dream bigger, and we can dream bigger as the people who eat the stuff. And I, I love that. Close your ears, Marcus. You're hearing all sorts of brands that aren't yours. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, that's, that's fine, because I'd just like to say that New Zealanders are famous for making ice cream, and we have a, uh, we have a range of fantastic ice cream makers here in New Zealand. We're very, very lucky in that respect. Easy for him yeah, to well, say, if you it? like to if you like to send some samples, I can send you my address. Happy to do some taste testing for you well, to make sure well, the uh, quality is perfect. All right, there's a, there's a long line of volunteers. I can tell you, <laughs> it would need to be weekly, wouldn't it? You'd need to keep the quality yeah. control well, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's daily. <laughs> daily. <laughs> Marcus, in your own ice cream, what is it that is this, the secret to this winning formula? What have you got in there that others don't? Oh, I, I probably think the, there's an underpinning foundation of creativity. Um, I, you know, I think that ice cream is something that everybody's very passionate about. And if there's something new and tantalising, then I think that, you know, everyone finds it, you know, extremely exciting. Um, and then there's probably some un- other underpinning foundations, which is obviously very good quality ingredients. Um, I'd like to think we've got an experienced and caring team of ice cream makers here. And I think also what's really important is the, is the products looked after from the time it leaves us to it gets to the customer's home. Well, it doesn't melt. Correct. <laughs> You're the guy who just said we should warm it up in the bowl. <laughs> in the bowl's fine because you're just about to eat it. But before then, it's going to be kept as cold as possible. You're not suggesting running in the bowl, are you? Just Not a little, just a little bit soft. A little correct. Do you, put right. much, do you put much sugar in your ice cream? Yeah, there's a little bit of sugar, um, but not a huge amount. I think in total there's about fifteen percent sugar. What would that be in comparison to other ice creams? Oh, look, I think there's there's a similar amount of sugar in most ice creams. I don't think it varies a lot, but you wouldn't wouldn't quote me on that. I'm only an expert in my own recipes. Not everybody else's, unfortunately. I'm sure Marcus would agree. Ice cream's not a health food. It's, yeah, it's, it is. It's good for your mental health. <laughs> oh, right. Of, of course. I take it all back. <laughs> uh, vanilla. Van, vanilla. Do you use um, like proper vanilla pods? And have you tried it with, and I'm interested to hear what the panelists have to say, but have you tried vanilla ice cream with olive oil and salt? I haven't. No, olive oil is a new one, but we'll be getting no. into the kitchen to try that. It's delicious. I know it sounds wrong, but it is so right. What do you do? Dribble over the olive oil and then what? Put a, the pinch Sprinkle of salt the salt on, on top, pinch of salt on it, and off you go. It's so good. It's so good. Marcus, as head ice cream maker of much more, <laughs> is that something where your creativity would take you? 
new new products is one of the the, the my favourite things I think that I could do in a day. It's um it's something I get really excited about, Karen. What's the weirdest thing that you've come up with that everybody said, yuck, I would really hate that? Well, it's, it's extremely weird, but it actually wasn't that yuck. It was, uh, we once entered salmon and wasabi ice cream. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yum, fish with ice wasabi. Cream. Yeah, because, you know, curries work with ice cream, but fish? Mm. Salmon and wasabi. Is he going to sell it commercially? No, I don't think we'll get that far. Congratulations, anyway, winning, winning this, Marcus. Where does this, what does this mean for you? Will you get into more you know, supermarkets, more places around the country? I, I think um, it's, it's huge for the business. It's like everyone works really hard here to, um, to do what they do every day. And look, it's, just, it's extremely rewarding to, re- to receive those awards. So, um, you know, whether we... Uh, sell more or not. I'm just really pleased for the business that all the hard work's paid off. Oh, congratulations again and thanks for joining us on the panel. Thanks so much everyone. Much appreciated. Nice to talk. That's owner and head ice cream maker Marcus Moore from Much More Ice Cream. Five minutes to four on RNZ National and up to I've Been Thinking. Uh, we'll start with you, Simon. What have you been thinking about? I've been thinking about the new forms of climate denialism. And I, stop me if you've heard it before, but I'm following the Auckland mayoral campaign, the elections at the moment, and I'm hearing an awful lot of stuff that's really pretty spurious. And one of them is climate change is real. Everybody agrees now climate change is real. That argument's not being had and then there's a big but on the end. But we can't do anything about it. My simple answer to that is this country's the same size as Los Angeles. Do we think Los Angeles should continue to pump as much carbon emissions into the, uh, into the air as they do at the moment? Of course we don't, so we have the same responsibility. Climate change is real, but we should focus on protecting ourselves. So this has become a common argument uh, with all the flooding. Uh, Nelson, we've seen, you know, Auckland has its own floods. Uh, we should focus on only doing the things that will stop the impacts of climate change damaging society and and the economy. If you go down that track too far, what it means is that only the super rich who can afford to live in a bubble, and I mean literally a bubble, will survive. The rest of us will be out in a brutal wild environment. We, the people of the planet, have to reduce emissions so that we don't allow runaway uh, global warming. It's really quite simple. Climate change is real, um, but uh, you can't expect me to ride a bicycle. I, I had an 83-year-old woman come up to me in Parnell the other day and say this, and I said, look, I don't. It's not that everybody has to ride a bicycle, but maybe some more people would if it was safe. It's not that everybody has to catch a bus, but a lot more people would if there were proper, uh, efficient and cheap bus services and so on. So you get the climate change is real, but... And that's an argument that has become the denialist argument. Is it denialist or selfishness? Well, I think if you are saying but and the impact of your but is uh, so we're not going to do anything because that's what it comes down to, uh, then that's effectively the same as being a denialist. And I think we've, as a society, we have to get past that. Well, we're getting Urgently. past it. An intervention is needed, obviously, at government level. That's right. Government levels, um, at, at uh, council levels, at, at corporate levels, and at individual levels. It's not up to individuals to solve this problem on our own, and it's, it is importantly up to the companies we work for, but even more important than that, it is, as you say, up to government, up to councils to set the regulatory framework to say, you can do this, you can't do that. This is where we're going to put the resources. These are the public transport services we will give you, uh, and so on, in order to allow people to make effective choices. It's imperative now, though. It is imperative now. 
Yes, it's not right. happening though yeah. at the level you're talking oh, about. Oh, you're absolutely right. And you would think, you know, in the last couple of weeks, a third of Pakistan is underwater. Anybody living in Nelson, there'll be a lot of Nelson listeners this afternoon. People know how devastating that's been, but translating that into actually now we need to we realise if we if we don't look at those things and say, gosh, we've got to do something, it's hard to know what we will look at and think, gosh, we have to do something. Yeah, but we've got to that point now. Thank you. And Zoe George, what have you been thinking about? Yeah, I've been uh, thinking about 22-year-old Kapiri woman, Brianna Murawai. She's been missing since August 26th and her whanau, who I went to school with, uh, are incredibly worried about her. They're working with uh, the police at the moment to try and find her. She was last seen by her family uh, on August 26th at the Parapara Umu train station, but it's believed that she was also seen at Te Horu Beach around the morning of August 28th, about 5am and she hasn't been heard from or seen since. So police are asking along with the whanau for any information that people might have. They just want her home nice and safe. Um, you know, Kapiti is is my home as well. I grew up there. I know lots of people there. I know lots of her aunties and they're super, super worried. So if you've seen her, please have a look at all the um, stories that are currently on all the major media uh, websites um, so you know what she looks like and, and the police are urging the public to please ring them with any information about Brianna Murawai from the Kapiti Coast, who's currently missing. Thank you very much, Zoe. And uh, Simon, climate change. So what is Aotearoa's contribution to overall global emissions? Don't need to answer that now, but is that denialism? Are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'd say so. <laughs> um, it's denialism to answer, to answer that it's only 0.17 or something like that, because we all have a responsibility. Simon Wilson, Zoe George, my guests on the panellists will be back after the news at four.